1: Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Luchas, so many dudes. Every
0: single dudes, dudes. All the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee
1: and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't, Couldn't Help, Help But, but Wonder. Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex and the city and how it relates to, to us. us. Hi, honey hi, honey. How are you? I'm great. How are you? We're low energy. We're really low energy, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Somebody has to drink a Red Bull for us. Yeah. Or actually, if you want to be on our level, smoke a couple dubes, <laughs> maybe sit in the sun and melt and then listen to this yes. podcast. Although, and Then it'll sound normal. Yeah, and then
0: you'll be at our at, at our wavelength. We we didn't, There's this is not dube related. We are just. No, we're just run down. We're just a little run down and we're going to embrace it as two human beings and two podcast hosts.
1: Yeah. You know what you should do? You should listen to this in a hot jacuzzi <laughs> while you're also eating some hot cheese. Uh,
0: hot cheese? Just something that's really
1: going to tire you out. Yeah. Just something that's
0: really hard on the digestive system. And like, before you do that, definitely like run a few laps and maybe do like a hit circuit training just yeah. to really tire yourself out. Yeah. And then like nosh on a bison burger
1: while oh, you listen. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you'll be really sluggish and then you're going to think we're like really on and you're going to be like, fabulous. geez,
0: these guys are talking a mile <laughs> a minute. It's like... Gal, who were you this week, if I may ask such a question? Oh, um, well, I'm really interested to find out who you were this week, but I'll go quick. Um, I think I was Carrie this week. Tell us. Well, because, uh, okay, so I know this is a later episode. Um, Today we'll be covering uh, the... Uh, season what's the first season premiere. premiere thank you <laughs> today we're covering the season premiere of season two um but later on in the sex in the city series uh there is an episode where carrie tries on a wedding dress and has like a full-on allergic reaction slash meltdown and flips out about um essentially like being a bride and i feel like that That imagery is sort of a metaphor for where my head was at this week because I am in the process of um, making a wedding show and uh, I can't give too many deets. I know I keep saying that every episode of this podcast because I am truly told not to talk about it, but it's very hard to not talk about what you're working on when you do a podcast where you basically say everything that's happening in your life. Um, But yeah, I, I felt like that image of like burning in a wedding dress was kind of, Uh, how I was feeling this week, because I was just getting my show off the ground. This was our first week of pre-production, and um, I, right before this job was... Uh, writing on a show so I was like a member of a staff for a show that wasn't mine and then literally like a few days later I went to a show where it's all mine and I'm in charge of not only like... Did you only, run like, down the halls and go, mine, 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 mine. mine. I mean, it, and point to different people you work for me! <laughs> <laughs> me, me, mine! Oh my god, It it actually is so psychotic to just be in a position where you're doing anything but being creative, like I truly was having to deal with like hiring and um, Jamie, that I really stuff want is you. not is not my forte.
1: I'm just going to throw something out there. I'm not sure what the budget is, but if you could have, yeah. like, Six really strong men hoist you down the hallways in kind of like a raised oh like
0: a Cleopatra like, yeah, like you know I'm sort of dangling grapes into yeah, my mouth and then while like I- even in
1: the writers room you're sitting up above everyone and just be like listen I don't want to say that
0: there's a hierarchy here oh my but God. I do need to sit like this <gasps> I need it's to in lay- my contract. I need to lay down and I need to wear a golden toga to work um, <laughs> while and a crown of a crown of jewels and then you have. Uh, Somebody who you whisper into their ear, and And then they speak for you. They speak to somebody else, who then translates (laughs) it to the room. Yeah. Uh, It's it's just a natural chain of command. That's just how we do how we do things. And then when Jamie cracks a joke, if somebody doesn't laugh, they're beheaded. (laughs) (laughs) It's a simple punishment for a a simple crime, you know, respect your respect, the authority. Yeah. So anyways, that's that's where I'm at. It just felt, uh, yeah, metaphorically, I felt like I was uh, like in wedding hell, even though everything is great now and things are moving. It's just like The process of getting a show off the ground when you're not, um, you know, just there to, you know, serve one job, you have to do like all the jobs. That's that's a weird position for me because I've never been in that position before where I was like in charge of many things. I know I'm I feel very grateful and I also I also feel really grateful that the job I had right before this was such a good learning experience I had such a fabulous boss and I feel like all I'm doing right now is just being like what would he do Great. like I'm really trying to just like emulate what you I've should learned tell him that. yeah I am I'm gonna send him an email send him a an edible arrangement I will I'll, yeah if everyone likes melon oh. shaped like a <laughs> daisy with a grape. With I literally a, cannot a eat center. a melon unless it's a fun shape. Yeah. <laughs> What's the part of the flower that's that is the center? The stamen, Is that right? It sounds that? really sexy.
1: Isn't that the pistol?
0: Pistol, thank you. Mm. With a grape pistol. <laughs> anyway, who are you? Tell me everything.
1: I was definitely Charlotte this week because spoiler, I'm sorry if you haven't seen the show, but she goes like through a lot of intense IVF. She does. I'm uh, doing my egg freezing, and I'm giving myself three shots a day, pumping myself up with hormones. Every two days, I'm going to the fertility clinic to get an
0: ultrasound and my blood drawn. Where is the clinic? Is it nearby? Downtown. Okay, okay. And it's a little schleppy.
1: Yeah, and I just am beat. I am... Uh, I hate feeling lazy. I'm a worker. I like working, but I can't do anything. I slept yeah. from noon to six today. Yeah. And if it's anybody like jet lag, it's really, really yeah. tiring. And I can be really hard on myself and be like, oh, you didn't write today or you didn't do this. But I'm like,
0: you're I'm literally not undergoing self. a medical treatment. Yeah, like I'm- you have to you have to give yourself that permission. I, by the way fully understand where you're coming from, I would be the same way. Yeah, I'm if just I like, oh, slept I'm so during lazy. the day. Yeah, of
1: course. Yeah, but I can't function and get stuff done. So no. I'm kind of thinking. They of tell this you as- that
0: too though, right? Like they kind of give you a heads up like clear your sketch.
1: Yeah. So anyway, if I have any listeners um who if we have any listeners, <laughs> I, me, Rose. Me. Mine. Mine. <laughs> mine. mine, mine, me, mine me, me, me. 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 If we have any listeners that are thinking of doing egg freezing, please feel free to uh, message us on the pod and ask any questions because I like letting people know what's going on. I'm also happy to be transparent about the cost. Um, It's $8,000 for retrieving the eggs out of my body, and it was about $2,500 for the medicine. So Mm -hmm. it's actually... It's definitely not cheap, but it's cheaper than I thought it was. I thought it was going to be like 20K. Well, there's a range, I was told. Well, also, I got 75% off the meds because I like applied for like a discount. So yeah. if you don't make a ton of money, you can try and get a discount on the meds. But anyway, uh, so I, I I feel a little run down, but I, I feel good. I, I think I'm not sure exactly how old our listeners are. I think it's a range from college, 20s, maybe some 30s. But um, yeah, it, it feels nice. And my mother-in-law. Oh is, good. Yeah.
0: So it's it's a wide range okay. actually. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I think for women in, in their thirties, uh, if anyone wants to know about egg freezing, just hit me up. It's it, I, I'm very happy to be doing it. It feels like a, a really good investment in my future. Um I didn't get as many if you're 35 years old, you have to get 10 eggs out of your body to, to make sure 100% that you'd have one pregnancy go. I was really hoping that I was going to have 10 eggs, but right now it's looking more like seven. So this is considered really personal information. Women are really shy and emotional
0: about sharing I this. I love that you're saying it. It's For so some important. reason, I don't feel that sensitive no, about we, it. No, we need to destigmatize it. It's so important, and so many women are doing it and not feeling like they can talk about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think the truth is, like, as crazy as it is for
0: me to say this
1: because I'm going through this expensive procedure I do feel that when it comes to having children and finding love I do think there's a, a little bit of a fate factor involved sure and you can try and you can plan but I do think you have to surrender a little bit so I'm happy to be doing this procedure but I've sort of come to terms with the fact that like, I would like to have children, but if it doesn't happen, I will be very happy and still have a great life. Cause I even have a really high maintenance dog and I can't get anything done. So I'm like, I don't even understand how I would do things with kids. So I would like to have kids, but I also feel like I've let go of holding on to it. Like the Mm -hmm. only good life for me is one where I have kids. Now I feel a little more watery. Like I'd like to have kids, but you know, it's up to the gods. I'm not really in charge of this.
0: Yeah. Well, there are so many factors. Yeah, can you physically have one? Do you have the right partner? Are you making enough money? I mean, there's a million things. Yeah, it gets expensive. It's kind of expensive no matter time. Yeah, it's expensive almost no matter what. Whether it's natural, whether it's it's always oh, there's and also so just many, raising kids. Yeah, it's all just expensive. Yeah, everything around children is expensive. So that's me. OK, well, um, I love that you're being transparent about the process. Thanks, gal. And it is interesting because I I've thought about freezing my eggs and I think that I, I went for a consultation. I haven't gone through with it. I because of say what it you're sooner saying, than later. Definitely going to do it sooner than later. And also I had I, I was actually going to do it during my last job. But because of what you're saying where you're like, it's really hard. You're going to feel really tired. I just was like, oh, I won't go to work. Like no, no, I was no. like, you I, won't be able to. Yeah. It's so almost I, like I need to, a vacation. I think I'm going to do it. I think I might've said this last episode, but I think that over the holiday maybe is the time to do that it. Like over the perfect Christmas time. holiday. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. Of course, something's going to come up and I'm going to be like, ah, I can't do it, but I have to make time.
1: I think you really should. And I think yeah. any listener who's thinking about it truly do it sooner than later. Cause as fucked up as it is, your eggs get worse as you get older.
0: I mean, yeah. it just
1: fucking does. It's like, honestly,
0: but then there's also those wonderful stories. Like there's this woman that I follow on Instagram. I believe it's body by Simone. She, um, has her. like a, a, fitness, she's a fitness mogul. And, um, she had her first baby at 44 and I was it's like, incredible.
1: I no, just like, it's those totally stories. safe. And lots of people have babies at 40, 41. Yes. But I, again, like, I feel like my dog is uh, special needs cause he has so much stuff that like, I'm like, dude, you just want to have a healthy baby if you can. It's just sure. like, you know yeah
0: and i mean there there is some stuff where it's like it's just it's just biology it's fact that you know the the eggs change as you get older and you know the chances of pregnancy yeah and problems um yeah it all it all comes up and gets harder as you get older so i totally understand it freezing your eggs is crazy though because there's also the element of like you know they tell you like we don't this hasn't been going on long enough the egg freezing process to where like we've actually had, we don't have they told me they don't have solid stats on the the de- percentage of of d de- of, de- of defrozen is that the right term like defrozen eggs Unfrozen? You mean taking the freezing ones and putting them in your and actually making babies? They don't have that much data at this point. USC
1: Fertility, which is the best one in LA, they have a huge calendar with all the babies that have been born from from the eggs. Oh, I
0: love that! Yeah, gotta go there. I gotta go there. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's the thing. Guess I should have gone to USC. But the woman I went to was saying that the data is very new, so it's like a newer thing, and that's why when they're telling you to freeze your eggs, they're like they also told me this other part of it which is like we want to be honest with you this is a big business we, we want to be honest with you well I mean it's interesting there's never been a baby that's been born from this no but take they us weren't saying me. no baby too, okay. yeah, yeah. they weren't saying no baby they're saying that it's new, it's new so when people come in they want to tell you all sides of it they don't yeah. want to just be like you. here's your yeah here's your new child like they want you to yeah. kind of have all the pieces of information and I thought that was interesting you like give birth to a popsicle yeah. like a creamsicle like, wait a minute alright I guess I'll eat it <laughs> To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Like I said, today we are kicking off season two, episode one, season premiere of episode of season two. Um, and it's called Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Rose? The app kicks off with Carrie wandering the streets of New York City, smoking cigarettes,
1: heart fully broken by Big, because quick reminder: their relationship ended in the season one finale. Charlotte and Miranda take it upon themselves to free their love-struck buddy, Carrie, from breakup PTSD.
0: Get your coat on, Anne, Frank. We're going out. You guys, I'm really not Coat in the movie on? To... Body out. Where are we going? It's a surprise. Mm-hmm. Okay, but only if it's nowhere I can run into him. Just when exactly do you think you're gonna be getting out of this hostage situation? Miranda. What? Am I wrong? Don't listen to her, Carrie, it's only been a month. It takes half the total time you went out with someone to get over them. <laughs> oh, I always like a good math solution, any love problem. It's the breakup rule. You and Big only went out for a year, so that means that she's got five more months to get over it. No, you gotta cut your losses and get back in the game. When Eric and I broke up, I got over him right away. Uh, I don't really remember it being like that. What? Eric who? Eric, asshole I dated a couple of years ago. Oh, that hey, Eric. Miranda used to call Eric the love of her life until he left her for another woman. Now she almost never mentioned him. You can't push yourself into feeling good. The only way to get over somebody is to feel really bad, to cry to your girlfriends, and then to replay what you hated about him over and over in your head all day. Yep, yeah, that sounds about right.
1: This this clip is crazy because it's it, so kookies. It, it, it reminds me how much of a significant cultural impact this show made because I didn't grow up with cable. I didn't watch this show until really, honestly, recently. I didn't watch it in college or in my 20s. I watched it in my 30s. But even not watching the show, I remember people telling me that when you break up, it, it takes, takes half, half the time. It's like some writer who came uh, up with that thing. in this room has same affected the thing. way people think. Like This show, what happens on episodes of this show has permeated our cultural understanding of our, our relationships. I thought
0: when I heard that for the first time, because I didn't realize that was in this episode, but I have thought about that every Every time I've ever gone through a breakup, I've thought like, how long was I with them? Have I gotten over them in half the time I was with them? Like it just has Isn't resonated with me to such a degree that when I rewatched this episode for the podcast, I was like, oh my God, that's that rule. I told myself it came from this show. I didn't even realize that it came from sex in the city, but it came from sex in the city. Same. Yeah. It, it just goes to show like,
1: yeah, some people like, oh, it's just a TV show, but certain TV shows literally affect
0: The community and the culture, it's wild. Rarely do they, I would say for myself personally, rarely have I been impacted by a show to where it felt like this thing that was scripted for a narrative television show somehow seeped into my actual reality of my life and the way I process breakups. A 100%. That is so crazy to me. It's wild.
1: Do you think it's just completely made up or what do you think about this rule?
0: Um, I think it's a great goal. I think it's a it's a goal. It sounds very idealistic. I think that um, it also is completely dependent on your situation. If it's like you break up with the person, then you truly don't ever have to see them. I do think you get over it quicker. I do think there is something about out of sight, out of mind. And I say that with experience, because when I went through a really bad breakup, he was in L.A. and I was in New York and I just physically couldn't see him so it was like there was a really grueling period he broke up with me over the phone and there was a really grueling period right after that happened I was just so like crushed by like just sort of like the mechanics of like oh you broke up over the phone also you're not here I can't yell at you I can't I can't cry to you I just have no way it's almost like he died honestly but ultimately it made me get over it way faster because I just never had to see his face Um, whereas in this situation with Carrie She's kind of like, when am I going to run into big? New York is a big city, but it's really a small city. Like, I know I'm going to see him in this. This whole episode starts with her seeing Big's face on every single guy who passes her. And she's like, oh, it's not him. It's not him. It's not him. And then, you know, as we as we know, later in the episode, she actually does run into big for the first time since their breakup. And it's quite devastating.
1: Yeah, I think that this rule, it takes half. The thing that I think is very funny about this is this rule that we've all kind of adopted I think it's completely made up. I think some writer just like rattled it off. But I also think it's a really terrible rule because if you go out with someone for 10 years, what you're supposed to be single and struggling for five years. That's crazy. It actually like, is crazy. I think it's way, way a really longer. good point. I think it's way longer. Like if you were in a 50 year marriage and you got divorced, like it's going to take you 25 years. You're going to be dead by the time you're over it. So yeah, I, I know. think it's too it's much a depressing time. rule. It's a depressing rule. I think rule. the rules fucked up and also like all dating rules they they're not real and they don't exist and they're not good for you and everything's different for example if you break up with somebody and the relationship was kind of over for years anyway then you could be over it the next day yeah if you it, were cheated on and yes. it was surprising that's run- going to
0: literally haunt you for everything the rest of your life everything is different so <laughs> yeah i think that's the the a great point you bring up i think it totally depends on the relationship and, and how it also ended. also it doesn't even mean that you're not over the relationship you might, might not be over the issues that that relationship brought up for you and triggered within you so like you were saying like cheating or like if he gaslit you a lot or like made you feel small it's not that you aren't over him it's that you're not over the psychological damage caused by that relationship and that that could take some some years of therapy honestly
1: yeah and I also think it depends on how in love you are because if you are fall if you're out of love by the time you break up then I don't think it's takes people that long to get over it. I think if you're fully in love and you got the rug pulled out, then you're, it's going to take you a while. Did you have a big
0: level breakup in your life? No, I have not. Have you? I had a really devastating breakup, um, but unlike Carrie's relationship with Big, where she's, you know, on again, off again, still in love with him. I think for me, I knew fairly quickly it was the wrong move. But again, it was that same breakup where it happened over the phone and I was blindsided by it. So the breakup itself was... Were you still in love? Yeah, I mean, looking back, I don't know that I was actually in love. I really wanted to be in love with this person. And I, and we said, I love you. And we were like kind of going, going through the motions kind of. Yeah. And like it was a very intense friendship couched in a relationship. It was like we were friends. We did obviously like have sex and stuff, but it wasn't. Felt more friendly. Once it was over, it was very clear. Like, oh, yeah, that was never we going to be the answer. Friends. Yeah. And also. I knew during it, like, even when he said I love you for the first time, I remember thinking, do you? Like, there was always a little bit of a, like, Your spidey we're sense. kind of just missing each other a little bit. But it was by such a small margin. It was like a 2% weirdness. But then when you end, you go, oh, it was actually, like, a 50% weirdness. It just... you you would you know you whatever you have like rose colored goggles on or whatever and you're just trying to see the best in the person
1: yeah I mean that's really interesting I think that that's why love is so cosmic it's like you can meet somebody you probably had a great time with this person you laughed a lot and I thought they were great you guys had a ton of fun but that's the weird thing about like romance and love is like you can meet somebody who checks all the boxes and you really do enjoy but for some reason there's something missing yeah and it's then you can a, meet like a snaggle tooth troll and be like, I love you. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's happened to me. I feel like every breakup I've ever. Well, actually, I think in my 20s, my self-esteem was kind of low. So every time I went through a breakup, whether I was breaking up with somebody or they were breaking up with me, I felt really, really wrecked. Yeah, I always felt really wrecked. Especially if someone broke up with me, even if I knew they were wrong, totally wasn't into them. Oh my god! But if somebody broke up with me, I think I would be in like a month and a half of like, "What's wrong with me? You suck. You're not pretty enough, or some kind of of bad, stupid thing." And that's the nice thing about being in your 30s is now when something doesn't work, I don't think it's me. I'm like we we weren't meant to be. Instead of it's a huge deficiency on my part, sure. Which I think in my 20s I was like, "It's me. It's fully me." Yes.
0: Yeah. I'm a troll. Yeah, I went through two there've been two like really devastating breakups in my life. My one was my high school boyfriend and then the one where we were long distance for a bit and uh yeah, the high school boyfriend honestly, I and I'm I'm not kidding. I still don't know if I'm over it. It was that it was so jarring. It wasn't jarring. We were not, we were really happy. But it's so goofy talking about my high school Whatever, relationship. It's real. But it was we were really happy for like a year and a half. And then once we had sex, uh, I don't think either of us were like emotionally equipped for what that would entail or how it would sort of change the dynamics of our relationship and our our physical connection, I think it, everything just sort of shifted um, because before you have sex with someone, there's like this sweetness and like a tenderness and like an excitement. And then once at that age, once you have sex, Feels this a little is, heavy. it's just kind of like, OK, like how do we it's almost like you're having a threesome with this new sexual act where we're like, how do we incorporate you? Like That's it's always kind of just been. Us and foreplay. But now we also have sex on the table. So how do we bring sex into the equation? And I think we just didn't really know what to do with it. It kind of was like this weird outlier. So once that. Happened. uh, I noticed myself getting like really short with him. I was really bitchy. Hmm. I And then I would notice that I was being bitchy and I was like, just stop it. Like, why are you? And it was all just I didn't know how to use my words. He didn't know how to use his words. Like, I just whatever. I just truly like didn't have the emotional maturity to articulate how I was feeling. And then eventually I'll never forget it. We went to eat and we were like not really talking when we went to eat. This was like on a school night. This was like on a Wednesday. And then he drove me back to my house and when he pulled up in front of my house, he said the line, do you want to talk about our relationship? And I was like, that's it. We're breaking up. And I was like, I mean, to this day, I'm like, it was do so you devastating. Talk is
1: literally, do you want to talk? It's the five worst words in the human language put together. Horrible. Horrible
0: never want to hear it the answer is always no bye (laughs) also do you want to talk about our relationship it was also like an acknowledgement that we had an issue had an issue and we're really serious about each other like even hearing the word relationship when you're like 16 you're like oh fuck we we are and were in a relationship like that's a thing that's about to end so anyways and then he started dating a girl at my school and I told you I stalked them and um Crashed into the mailbox in like front of you. Yeah, one of my favorite. Things yeah, about you. Uh, I mean, you know, it, this story has a silver lining. I mean, that that was just a golden gem that came out of it, out of the tragedy.
1: Do you think that there's any breakup rules? Like, do you have any breakup rules for yourself or for friends? Like, if someone's going through something, do you have any rules?
0: mm mm-hmm. Let's hear them. My main rule and be get a therapist it's a really good rule that's like the only rule i support doesn't mean you can't talk to your friends it just means you have to have a professional person who is helping you through this jamie that is such good advice and i'm not kidding I said it in the Greg Barrett episode. He wrote the most brilliant breakup book. It truly helped me when Say I was going the name through of it the long. So people can get it. It's called. Um, it's called a breakup because it's broken. Okay. And it's written by Greg and I believe him and Amira wrote it. It might be Greg who wrote it solo. Okay. They write some books together. Cool. But um, anyone who's going through a breakup or knows someone going through a breakup, buy this book. It is, it is just such a, a helpful guide. And, um, it really is kind of like a friend in, in the shape of a book. Like it felt like, Oh, this a is book my shaped friend. Yeah. It's a book shaped friend who just like went with me everywhere. And it's like, there's yeah.
1: pros and cons with having a book shaped friend. You can't share clothes. Right.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. That's a, well, that, it's also not, that honestly, not is, good, not that's a, actually <laughs> a pro because I don't really love sharing. So for me having a book shaped friend, like they don't ask to borrow shit and it's great. Bad wing woman. Yeah. But good on good by the pool. Good on great vacation Subway. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, yes. Anyways, that's it. Love it. OK.
1: Yeah, I think that that's the best advice. I also think my only piggyback advice, if you're going through a breakup or if there should be any rules, like uh, Charlotte is kind of saying that there's this rule. I think the only rules are, as Jamie said, get a good therapist. That's the rule for life anyway. And then a second rule on top of that. This is also just a rule for life, is be really gentle and kind to yourself, uh, as, as somebody who's insanely hard on myself. Um, it's great advice, though. Yeah. When things are hard in life, people have a tendency to be even harder
0: on themselves. 100%. We Instead double down. of
1: being loving. And so, to all of our little breakup babies, do whatever you need to do. Have sushi with your friends, get ice cream, watch your favorite thing, cuddle with somebody. Just... Be and gentle. exercise.
0: That's a big one. And I, I think I might have said this on an earlier episode, but my therapist straight up was like, are you exercising? And I was like, yeah, I'm going for walks. And he was like, no, are you like getting your heart rate? Are you up? doing like PD90X? He literally was like, are you getting your heart rate up? And I was like, oh, no. And he's like, start doing that. And then like, you can keep talking to me, but you have to be doing that while you're coming here as well, because uh, it, they go hand in hand. And I was like, okay. And it really did help. That's amazing. It really helped. I mean, it sounds so basic, but like literally just like running on a treadmill or like doing like the fucking stairmaster or whatever your cardio of choices. It it's huge if you can get into that zone where your like face is red. And you get like it's hard to think about anything else when you're panting that hard. Honestly, it's it's actually quite like meditative. It's amazing. I also have to say one thing before we just jump right back yes, in,
1: please. Um, I can feel in my lower abdomen mm. like eggs expanding mm. right now. It's really disgusting. I feel like I'm mm. like a farm, like a factory farm. There's a you're factory not a fa- farm. In you're my not
0: pants. a factory farm. You're a, you're a farm to table, local, <sighs> organic. Um, eco-friendly farm the one word that would describe me you're is a gorgeous, you're gorgeous you're you're a gorgeous green pasture Cal, i love you but i feel puffy. happy cows i feel puffy I okay okay
1: the fourth of july is gonna be a one piece Not i'll puff just daddy, you but that puff mommy yeah i'm definitely puff puff mama puff mama i love That's it such a
0: good name jamie is but I'm... you you really i know you feel that way because my friend she froze her eggs and was like you're literally I feel... your body is pregnant without being pregnant i'm feeling things bubble and froth i know yeah.
1: I'm being really good to myself though. I had like I had like an ice cream sandwich for lunch. Good for you. And I watched Big Little Lies.
0: Fabulous so. great show. Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk Back about another show. HBO show. Okay. So, Despite his gherkin of a penis, we find out Samantha sticking things out with James. Girl wasn't kidding about being in love. Carrie, Charlotte and Miranda pick up Samantha on their way to a forget about big Yankees game. That was so cute. I love that scene. While the core four
1: pound bud lights in the stands, which looks really fun, a foul ball practically falls into Carrie's lap. Carrie throws her sex columnist press pass around and heads to the locker room to get the ball signed by Joe, the Yankees' hot new recruit. With her confidence boosted by cheap beer, Carrie invites Joe to a Dolce & Gabbana party because baseball and fashion go hand in hand. Um. Okay, Carrie, whatever works for you. Samantha, meanwhile, sneaks off to the Yankees' locker room just
0: to see what she's missing out on. Penis-wise. At the D&G party, we meet yet another serious prospect of Charlotte's. This time, it's Paul, a jazz music executive with a bit of a crotch problem. Yeah, homeboy keeps yanking on his balls. Why? Why does he do this? Why, why, why? Such a good question.
1: On the street after the fashion party, Carrie shares her first post-big kiss with Joe. Yankee doodle, don't mind if I do! Love that. Then the next morning, the Core Four catch up for breakfast where they talk about men. Shocker. The convo is spurred by the fact that Joe and Carrie's date made it onto page six in the New York Post. Because apparently if you snog a famous sports dude in public, people care. Everyone cares, except for Miranda, that is. She feels annoyed by the nonstop dude talk at breakfast and kind of loses her cool. I have a problem with my boyfriend. Okay, I'm going to go get the check. I don't know really quite how to say this, but he's always, um touching his um
0: balls i know carrie
1: told me i had to it freaked me
0: out i didn't know what the hell was going on there i still don't what is going on there i don't know but it's constant he just can't seem to leave them alone he and every other guy on the planet they're always trying to pull our attention down there look what i got i don't get it he's from a good family he went to brown why is he doing that does he have a pair of low hangers is it a
1: patented phrase you know sometimes they just hang so low they get in the way I heard Nick Nolte had a ball
0: lift. I don't know how long they are. <laughs> Wait a minute. You've been dating this guy for three weeks and you haven't seen his balls yet? Oh, come on, get with the program. But why do men do this? I mean, how would they feel if we stood around in public touching ourselves? Oh, they love, love it. it. What are we talking about? Charlotte's boyfriend's balls? Seriously? They're too long. She's just guessing. Okay, that's it. I'm out of here. All we talk about anymore is big or balls or small dicks. How does it happen that four such smart women have nothing to talk about but boyfriends? It's like seventh grade with bank accounts. What about us? What we boy. think, we feel, we know, Christ. Does it always have to be about them? Just, you know give me a call when you're ready to talk about something besides men for a change. Such an interesting it feel. Freak out. It kind of feels like the writers heard about the Bechdel test, like right before this episode was written or something. Cause it feels like a kind of speech that, um, yeah, I don't know. It feels like a very, it feels like a, a perspective. They really want it. Like, it feels like this was maybe written off of either learning about the Bechdel test or, some article came out about the show being like, all they do is talk about men. And then they like addressed it on the show.
1: Mm, that's interesting. I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it because on one hand, of course I talk about men in a romance. It's part of my life. But I, I have had friends where that's all they talk about. And yeah. literally there are moments where I'm like, like, you know, I also read books and see movies and have ideas. Like sure. we don't just have to talk about men. So I've definitely had friends who just seem female friends who just seem very obsessed. Oh yeah. And it's kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, it's a part of your life that's happening. So it's, I, I, it's totally interesting to talk about. So I kind of understand all sides. I understand being really burnt out on hearing about it. If your friends don't talk about anything else, there's like some famous quote or something. It's like big people talk about like ideas and small people talk about other people or something Mm -hmm. like that. Sure. Sure. It's nice to have, Conversations about other things But um, This this, Miranda's explosion was interesting to me Because The vibe I kind of got from it is Miranda I didn't really realize it until watching again With you for the pod But I think she's really, I think she feels really undesirable. And I think she feels like the girl that everybody overlooks. And even at the baseball game, like, she liked the cute Yankee. And Carrie effortlessly got him. And, like, I kind of relate to that because when I was in middle school, I was really weird looking. I was, like, six feet tall, no boobs, like, super skinny. And I had, like, an insanely hot best friend Mm. who, like, kissed all the guys I liked Mm. and, like, made out with my crushes. And it really hurt my feelings. And I felt so ugly and I think Miranda feels that way yeah and I think her theme
0: that comes up uh, over and over with Miranda yeah
1: I think I think it's hard because Miranda has these girlfriends that are just like like Carrie and Samantha and Charlotte are just like man magnets they just get any guy they want and I think Miranda feels like an ugly duckling which I think is relatable for a lot of people
0: yeah yeah, it's interesting. I feel like they kind of vacillate. I think sometimes they're on the ugly duck, uh, ugly duckling track with Miranda and the way they write her. And then there are other times where she's just completely on even footing with the core four where it's like Charlotte's got a dude. Carrie's got a dude. Miranda's got a dude. Samantha's got to do it. But they do, I would say they they toy with Miranda's self-esteem in the writing the most. I would say. It's definitely up and down. What did you think about what Miranda said when she was like,
1: do we have to talk about guys all the time? Is it something that you related to or do you think she was being silly? Um...
0: Well, I think that the speech felt the speech felt a little uh, heavy handed considering it was just like a breakfast. Just everyone's catching breakfast up. chat. And also, um, you know, I think that when you're when you're dealing when when you're single and there's four of you and you're all kind of in the same boat, but in different ways, dealing with different relationships and you know, relationship statuses, like, you know, Samantha's in love for the first time. Charlotte's dating this dude who's like perfect, but he keeps like scratching his crotch. Like there is a lot to unpack there. And who are you going to talk to about that stuff? Like that's for your girlfriend. No, you're right. I I I think you're right. It's appropriate that they're talking about it. Yeah. And the speech was a little like, okay, but then I, it also is so obvious that she's dealing with personal problems because the, uh, the level of, her coming she went in hot. zero to hundred, yeah. yeah, she comes in hot. It also felt very prepared. It felt like something she's like been thinking about a lot, and it just feels like it actually has nothing to do with her friends, which she kind of later admits.
1: I also think I completely agree with you, and I think sometimes when people are really
0: upset for about something that doesn't seem like so a big deal, rarely about you or the thing they claim they're upset about. Yeah,
1: I think what Miranda really meant by instead of let's stop time out, dudes, is I'm the only single one here, and I feel really bad about myself. So. I don't want to hear it. It's kind of like if you're single and your friend is like, oh, my God, I'm so in love. He's perfect. And then you're just like, why do we always talk about guys? It's like, obviously, you're just what you're saying is like, I'm feeling I'm feeling left out and
0: undesired. Yeah. Or and it's really interesting because they have I actually it's really I like that you brought up the fact that she's kind of um Yeah, she kind of like dangles on the edge a little bit when the three of them seem to kind of all be like, yeah, you know, fine. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, they have their problems with dating, but they don't have problems like getting dates really. And I agree that. Yeah, when She's we go back better. to season one with, like, you know, when she um, was set up with uh, the girl in her office to, like, attend that meeting of her bosses or that dinner party at her bosses. Like, yeah, and or even the way she reacted when people wanted to have a threesome with her. And she was like, "Whoa, like... She's the most she, she does feel left out a lot. And this is a, this is definitely a theme that keeps coming up. And, um, I actually appreciate that they wrote it that way because I think that if you have a really tight knit friend group, there is, especially in high school, I can't, I, I don't really have, um, like this kind of friend group now as an adult, but, um, in high school I did. And there definitely was a lot of like, I remember one time a friend of mine said to me and my other friend, like you, if, if you, if, To make the perfect woman It would be your face on her body Or something like that And I remember just being like What? Like she said it. She wasn't trying to be mean. She was just like, yeah. And it's, it's like, really oh, you all intense. do kind of like ju- at that age. I don't. I wouldn't be this way now. But when you're at that age and you're, you're so filled with insecurity, you're all kind of like judging the other person's ability to like <laughs> it's get like dudes. Your
1: face, your body, and your
0: punctuality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, yeah, it was just such an odd. Yeah. What do you do with that information? But anyways, my point in bringing that up is when you have a, a tight knit group of women, I think it's impossible to not at some point compare and yeah even if you're trying not to do that because you're like we all love each other we have a deeper connection it's not all about looks like you know we're not all competing for the same men it's not even like what's going on here wow it's interesting you say that because like i can't think of one episode where they both
1: like the same guy
0: Yeah, I guess, honestly, this might be it. And it was very subtle. Oh, you're right. Yeah, because, yeah, I feel like Miranda loved the Yankee guy. She's like, I'm a huge Yankees fan. Carrie doesn't give a shit about sports. She literally says, I'm only here for the beer. And then she's just like, whatever, I'm drunk and I'm sad about big. So I'm just going to go up and flirt with this guy. And then she like locks in a date within like a matter of seconds. But
1: that's why the Miranda character is so important, because as much as it's really fun to see the fantasy characters like Carrie can get anyone. She's beautiful. Samantha. It's nice to see the person that, like, maybe most people relate to more. Like, I don't know. I I I think I relate more to the Miranda because I was really awkward looking in high school. So it's also I relate to the like, nobody asked me to prom character.
0: But what's cool about Miranda is that Miranda... It's all self-esteem related and it's almost like that Amy Schumer movie, I Feel Pretty, where it's like, and by the way, I'm not saying Miranda and Amy Schumer. They're very, very different types physically and mentally, just different people. But I think that... Miranda, if she had the confidence of some of the other girls and sort she of could felt be there. entitled, she would be there. It's it's not your looks. It's you and your mindset. And her mindset is undeserving or insecure or a combination of both. You know what, Jamie? I don't think it's not not your looks, though, because part of the confidence that
1: some girls get is from being like, I I think that. People that are like stereotypically, especially girls, very pretty, like popular girl pretty. I think you get sometimes you you guys can find me online about this, but like. I think that that can so at least if we're talking about confidence with men, mm-hmm. I think that is comes from your experience, and I think it's hard to tell somebody that's not conventionally attractive. Like, just be confident, girl, and guys no, will line up out the door. That's
0: not what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that the mind, uh, Miranda's mindset is, is not helping her. Not helping. No, her. agree exactly. And I think that Carrie's mindset. I mean, if we're talking about traditional looks, Carrie is a very left of center looking. She's beautiful. But it's like she has that, like, popular, beautiful girl energy. Right. And I think that Miranda kind of does this thing where she seems undeserving, even though it's like, well, Miranda, you're, like, so smart, so fucking witty. Like, you're a beautiful person. Like, if you had beautiful person energy, whatever that means, again, fight me. <laughs> fight, <laughs> fight me on it. Uh, fight, on, fight, fight, fight. me on it. Fight me out. But you know what I mean? If, if she had, if she possessed a certain... Uh, an air of deserving yeah I think that her outcome would be very different I agree with I you I think she does get in her own way a little bit I agree with you I think this topic is really
1: juicy because I actually had a I really liked I feel pretty with Amy Schumer but I do feel that there is an idealistic attitude of like listen, girl, if you feel like you are amazing, like, the world will treat you like you're amazing. And unfortunately, that's, I don't think that's true. And I think people are really judgmental and superficial. And I do think that you could think you're fabulous, but that's still not get, I don't know, this is like maybe my grandma talking through me,
0: because she's very vain, but like, mm, God, I, Does anyone have a grandma that isn't vain?
1: I mean, I also think every it's the, grandma
0: I know is vain. It's, well, first of all, we're my Jewish grandma, and we have these, like, intense Jewish grandmas. Is that what it is? Man, I also they think really
1: fuck with us. You know why, Jamie? I think because because at their age and in their generation, all you had as a woman was your looks and your ability to attract men. And if you weren't attractive, you're going to have a bad life because literally. there was no, there was no, well, just have a great job or that wasn't even on the table. So I think our grandmas are obsessed with us being good looking because for them, that's the
0: only currency they had. My grandmother literally, I mean, when I gained like three pounds, I got a phone call. I mean, it was so, it was so gruesome. My grandma had all of my... My mom and her brothers and sisters all got nose jobs
1: because my grandma. Wow.
0: She was just kind of like, you're getting one. (laughs) Yeah. My grandmother, I think, had her eyes done, but I don't think she got it. She didn't have a nose job, surprisingly. She didn't push the nose job of it all, but she pushed other other plastic surgery.
1: I mean, my grandma's fucking rad. I love her, and she's gorgeous and stunning, but there's a vanity there.
0: Oh, yeah. But she's a
1: realist, and I guess it's her voice being like, this is horrible, and uh, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I do think it's a little unfair to say to women, like... Just be confident, and the men are gonna come rolling by. Because I don't sometimes, think, yeah. do you know
0: what I'm saying? I I totally hear what you're saying. I don't think I I have to say, and I think I'm you're gonna be happy that I'm saying this. I think our grandmothers were really mistaken. That's good. And I think that um, obviously. Nobody is going to be attracted to everybody, right? That that goes for every every possible element of the spectrum. Beyonce aside, yeah, we're just not. Well, yeah, okay, with the exception of Beyonce, fine. Asterisk, I'll, I'll let you have that <laughs> one. Um, but but with the exception of that, I mean, we're just not all attracted to the. And also, there's so many factors in what. I mean, I have definitely met guys who I did not think were classically attractive, but had such an air to them of like confidence and. Making making me laugh that I truly didn't even think about It's amazing. It. I love that. So I, I do think it works. I do think confidence uh, speaks louder than looks. Ultimately. I, I really do believe I'm glad that you said that. I think I needed to hear that. Yeah. But I understand because I also, I have the same, I mean, I don't have the exact same, but I have a very similar upbringing. I mean, my grandmother really nailed really, that in. Yeah. Some real, I've had to do some <laughs> reprogramming. Yeah. I think we all do. Yeah. She got in there deep and she got in there when we were young too. So it's, like, your formative years, you're being told, like, you are nothing but your looks. And you're, like, what's wrong with you? My grandmother was, like, a really smart woman, too. Like, she graduated college when she was, like, 19 and, like, got a master's. Was, like, a we really have the same grandma. Smart grandma. My smart, grandma vain wanted grandma.
1: To, yeah, my grandma wanted to work in, like, foreign diplomacy. And she was a Jew and a woman. And they're, like, it's never going to happen. Just get married and have kids. She's, like, she had a great life. Also, I'm really sorry, but this mic smells funky. So oh I'm, my like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like to smell it. <laughs>
0: that is so, so funny. Okay, wait. Oh my god, we can't stop. He, okay, we are not deleting this though. Yeah, it's it, too it has good. A weird smell. Oh my god. Okay, that's better. It's clear we now. We are Alec
1: never deleting <laughs> that. Handsome androgynous but straight Alec
0: fixed my mic. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Are they wow. both yucky? Okay, okay, no. Time for a little bit of a maybe throw them in the wash and call it a day. <laughs> you might need to do a little bit. Let's like spin cycle that puppy. Yeah, we
1: have to get back to the episode, but yeah.
0: what do you think about the ball scratching? Oh God, I'm so glad you asked. Um <laughs> have you ever like dated yeah. someone who did that too much? I mean, every guy I've ever been with, it's like, stop. <laughs> Just stop. They're they're fine. Leave them alone. You know what's funny? They gal? don't need your help. Sometimes when I'm watching my vagina
1: itches and I have to itch it, and I'm like, the funny thing about itching a vagina is it is the same look as yeah. masturbating. It's a very, yeah, it's a very uncomfortable thing to do in public. It's a lot of up and down, like,
0: yeah, it's a lot of like, eh, 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 eh. yeah, yeah. It's not a great look publicly. No, there's no like, yeah, there's no like sort of um, subtle way to do it either. No, but but the, I think it's unattractive. The to comfort it. that guys have doing it in like. I get I get it by the way it goes for all itching like I like I'll whatever I scratch I itch but it's like wait I love are a big thing on itching there is a thing like I don't know sometimes like I was using this deodorant for a while and we like make my armpits itch and I caught myself just like fully getting in there just wait, like Jamie, a monkey that's hilarious. just like ooh ah ah ee and I Ting, tang, walla, walla, yeah, bing, bang. truly um just scarfing down bananas and picking ticks off of my Oy partner's vey. back but um yeah or vermin or whatever it is but um yeah I uh I think that we all this is a PSA we all need to be a little more aware of when' the world is not your living when room. we're itching yes yeah I agree and um and also like it's fine just like if like- you feel the itch just be like excuse me go to the bathroom scratch it out in the stall and then exit and feel feel anew.
1: Jamie, you know it would be really funny is if you were, like, early in a relationship where you weren't, like, farting and burping and itching balls and you just saw this guy's face and all of a sudden it turns red and he's, like, shaking and he's just trying so hard not to itch. He's, like, about to explode. I'm sorry. That's what he Keep has to do in. for me. Swallow. Swallow it. Just swallow yeah. it. Yeah. Skylar do you have anything to talk about with itching balls can you handle can, can can is it a feeling that you could push aside or does it have to be addressed No, it
0: has. To, sorry I'm more curious. so when I was younger it was like you couldn't be an adult about it you couldn't like not itch. yeah and but now you yeah I'm cool no, yeah, no, I'm, now yeah you can deal. swallow it you know you can swallow it right down as it's, it's one of the great things about being 26 you can really not i'm thrilled to hear this i'm really really thrilled okay okay james kick us back in okay so back with samantha she struggles through a straight-up athletic coaching session with james during sex but when she can't sexually get there she introduces her vibrator james doesn't love this he feels that his schlong should be schl enough for samantha no sex toy necessary Now, Charlotte does what she can to give James's long balls the support they apparently need by picking him up a pair of high-quality underwear from Barney's. Unfortunately, he takes offense at this gift. He takes it to mean she's moving too fast because buying gifts is a sign that women want marriage? Okay, whatever. Anyway, he dumps Charlotte. Meanwhile, Miranda takes a walk to get her mind off the fight with the girls, only to
1: spot her ex-boyfriend Eric with his new girlfriend. Ah! She dips out of Eric's line of sight so he doesn't see her. Rough stuff, tough stuff. Back to Joe and Carrie. They're playing drinking games in a dive bar when Carrie's literal nightmare comes true. Big Big shows shows up. Woo-hoo. Holy hell on wheels. Though she thinks she's got everything under control, Big approaches, says hi, and gasp. Touches Carrie's shoulder? Needless to say, it ruins her. She realizes in a single moment that she is far from over him. Carrie and
0: Joe leave the bar, and Carrie is distraught. Try as he might, Joe can't calm Carrie down, and they basically break up in the street. As a result, Carrie desperately phones a mysterious someone, saying she's in over her head and really needs to talk. Did she call Big? Who did she call? I saw Big, and I completely fell apart. And I know you want me to be over him, I just don't- I'm a don't. jerk. It's Miranda. It's my stuff, it's not you. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a, that's good to admit that. I saw Eric on the street today and I hid <laughs> after two years. I forgot how hard it is. You just take all the time you need, okay? These are cold.
0: So? <laughs> and finally, the most important breakup rule. No matter who broke your heart or how long it takes to heal, you'll never get through it without your friends. I love this. So, yeah, um, same. So she, whatever, she sees Big in a bar and... Uh, freaks out and she makes a phone call being like can we meet at our place and we think it's going to be big but it turns out to be Miranda and they've like completely made up and bonded and this is just like a very beautiful scene I really loved the way they use the misdirection here that it's like oh you need someone you mean a best friend well they're going to be there for you even when big is not
1: I completely agree and that's That's what's the beauty of the show. It's kind of ironic, actually. This is is a very good episode because it starts... This whole show seems like it's about men dating, but it's a misdirect because it's really about friendship.
0: Yeah. It's like the whole episode is like... Yeah, the whole episode feels like sort of an allegory for what the show is. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, we're
1: talking about this stuff, but what the show really is, it's really about... The friend family that you make and the women in your life that keep you afloat, which is, I think, honestly, why this show is so beloved more than because it's about fun, sexy dating stuff. That stuff is super fun. But the reason why we love this show is because
0: the way these women love each other. Yeah. And it's such a it's so wonderful to see um, like the term chosen family. And you're like, oh, these women are there for each other in a way that I'm not even sure family is there for each other. It it really is a next level. I
1: agree. And also like a lot of times you see the chosen family show. It's about people in their 20s, like friends or shows like that or girls. And it's like the cool thing about this show, it's probably why I feel like I can relate to it, too, because I'm in my 30s is like they're at the age where people are, quote, unquote, supposed to have a husband and kids and none of them do. So these are this is their family. And it's it's really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they are each other's husband and kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love the way they make time for each other and uh, the support system. And I, I think that also just to highlight, like Miranda is such a good friend. Like Miranda is always the best. She's the best friend. I agree. And I, I think her and Carrie are the have the strongest bond. Of anybody on the show. I I won't say that the most familial bond. I feel like they are sisters um, in a lot of ways because they're kind of the only not that she hasn't had fight with uh, fights with other people on the show or other characters don't fight with each other. They do. But I feel like Carrie and Miranda When they fight, it's always the most devastating and also the most heartwarming when they make up. It's like so satisfying. The push pull between the two of them is like they are so in it with each other. They are so there for each other.
1: Yeah, you're reading my mind because I was actually thinking I I actually agree with you that I actually think that. Carrie is the main character. And I think Miranda is the second most important character. I do too. I think she has the most nuanced, relatable storylines. I think she feels in a way, you know what? Okay. Okay. Go with me here. Ooh, breakthrough. Carrie and Miranda are one person and Carrie's like the shiny exterior. And Miranda's like the id. She's oh, like, yeah, she's like the neuroses, the totally. insecurity. And Carrie's like what you do when you feel great about yourself. And Miranda, who is who you are when you like eat your feelings and you're like, whatever, I'm too old. No one's going to date me or whatever. I'm ugly. It's like, yeah, it's like, they're kind of the same coin. Yeah,
0: it's almost like care it's like Deepak, Tro- Deepak Chopra um talks about how there's like your authentic self and then your conditioned self and it's like yeah, Miranda it, yeah, the conditioned self is like the product of the world sort of like beating down on you. And then like, you know, the authentic self is like you as a baby. If you were to just like keep growing pure without influence. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like the two of them. Yeah. It's almost like Miranda is the conditioned, the conditioned self and, and Carrie's just like pure energy. Yeah, She's just energy. She's out there. She's getting drunk at baseball games. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I agree. I also think that like,
1: I like that Miranda immediately was like, this is my fault.
0: I'm an asshole. I know. She's really good about that. She has no, she has no real ego in that way. I mean, she, she really, she's not looking to fight. She gets, she gets testy, but she's never, it's never like coming from a place of wanting to be right or something. It's always just like, she gets emotional and then she's like, oh, I fucked up.
1: I agree. I think there's something that must be mentioned about this episode. Oh, what? Miranda looks like David Bowie and Peter Pan in this episode. She's got bright, punky, little yes. forest sprite red hair. She's yes. wearing a green turtleneck all episode, and it's just wild that she's. It's like the super mainstream show that like a lot of really girly girls like, but Miranda like a str- looks like a straight up androgynous art star. Yeah, it's that's kind of such a
0: great point, especially this episode. This episode, she literally looks like Peter Pan. It's also cool because it's like. You know, now we're really getting into okay. So we we watched the first season, and everyone kind of was like, I don't know, the clothes just weren't that experimental. It was kind of just a little safer fashion-wise. And now we're getting into the evolution of like, okay, we're taking some bigger swings. Miranda, you know, Miranda is like making a statement with their hair, her clothes, like her makeup is a little more intense. Like, yeah, we're we're like getting into it now. Oh, my God. show's in full swing.
1: Yes. I just had an idea that maybe we could do. Should I say it or not? Please. Well, somebody, maybe it was on that really awesome Instagram, every outfit ever on Sex and City. You guys should follow it if you don't. We love that. We love that Instagram. We do. But they showed this picture of Cynthia Nixon when she was in her 20s. Yeah. And she was a model. Oh. And she's crazy beautiful and very typical feminine like long hair. Really? She literally, I and, have to see that photo. Right. And I was thinking, oh, it'd be kind of funny if our lis- if, if our listeners wanted to, if we posted a picture of that and then her now as she's out, because a lot of people who are queer have like a picture of themselves when they were straight yeah. versus now. So maybe if our listeners want, they can like send us their pictures oh. of when they were straight versus
0: now. Yeah, that's so interesting. Because she looks like a different, I'm she looks sure. like, a, like a Lord of the Rings, like Cersei Really? Okay, I have to see that photo. Yeah. Um, Yeah, well, this episode was fabulous. Loved it. Um, And our sort of final segment to wrap up the app is um, we answer the question of the episode, you know, the one that Carrie always asks. And uh, do we have an audio clip for this? We do. Great. In a world where leaving each other seems to be getting more and more frequent, what are the breakup rules? Rose, what are the breakup rules?
1: Well, uh, at the risk of repeating ourselves, I guess we'll come up with new ones right now. I think the breakup <laughs> rules are, oh, I've got one. Great. Okay. If this is a real breakup and if you have no self-control, yeah. delete the number, block, Oh, that's so unfollow, genius. Because Absolutely. guess what? I started deleting people's number. Really make it impossible for you to contact them that's because so otherwise you're going to do a drunk text to have sex and you're going to get rejected or you're going to have sex and it's going to be horrible. So breakup rules, if this is over... And you don't have any self-control, I'm speaking to myself or other people like me, just get them out. Oh, you just saw the picture of Miranda? Oh, my God. Isn't she
0: stunning? Wow. We're going to definitely post this. Yeah. Just, yeah, you got to see this. Oh, my God. Like stunner. It doesn't even, it's so weird. It also just goes to show how like much she, style affects like how yes, you look. And also she has like blonde hair and very um, long. I had a thought when you said that about deleting, I, when I was, um, dating, I was a big, uh, I was very into rereading our text chains, like literally reading it. Like it was a novel, like going as far back as I could. I would do that too. And then just starting from like, Hey, is this your number? Like oh literally, my God, totally and just going through the whole catalog of the relationship, like, you know, all the phases. And uh, I think that the sooner you can delete that initial chain, the better. Yeah. If you guys guys become friends or whatever, if things, you know, start heating up later on, great. Start fresh. You don't need the old text chain to sort of cling to.
1: Yeah. I think what we're saying is if it's a breakup, break up.
0: Yeah. And if it's gonna, if it's going to regenerate, it will regenerate. So you don't need all of these tokens from your past to kind of hang on to get rid of them, scrape, scrape the plate, get rid of it all. And then if it's supposed to start back up again, which it likely is not, uh, or, should it will. not. or should not, it yes. will.
1: And also, this is where the good thing about it being 2019 is, is if you want to go on five dates in a row, after a breakup, this is what online dating is for. So Get over it, move on. Jamie, what are
0: you horny for this week? Oh my God, yes. Yeah. So, Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. We end each episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. Right now, I'm going to say I am horny for Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to always have my hornies be TV shows. Why not? But right now, I am really, well, I am very horny for sort of the, uh, tradition of climbing into my bed at night and like watching a TV show before falling asleep. Amazing. So I am sort of, yeah, I'm really like clinging to my relaxation tactics, which is always the
1: the relaxing to you is watching like a dystopian. I
0: know (sighs) it's definitely not relaxing, but, um, yeah, season two of handmaid's tale was like a little wonky in the middle. It was pretty good in the beginning and the end. Um, but season three is very consistently juicy. Fabulous. Yeah. What about you? What are you horny for? Okay,
1: I have two, and I don't know
0: which one to choose. Should want me I, to choose for you? Yeah. Should okay, I choose tell
1: me. political or self-helpy? Mm, self-helpy. Okay, great. Um, I am horny for one of my main babes in the self-help world. She is a uh, therapist, Buddhist meditation teacher. Her name is Tara Brock. Yeah, she's great. B-R- you introduced me to her. I love her. Tara, T-A-R-A, Brock, B-R-A-C-H. She has a really great self-help book called uh, Radical Acceptance. it's so
0: good. And it's about
1: how to like radically accept yourself without any conditions. Like basically like don't wait till you're perfect to love yourself. Love yourself now. And she has this amazing website where she has all of these free meditations that anyone can download and listen to a a guided meditation. And she has a great podcast that I listen to. And um, I think she's... Like all Buddhists, she offers almost everything for free. She's offering such a service to the world. She has such a beautiful, open, kind, compassionate worldview. I also love
0: her voice. There's something very soothing about it. If you're it. feeling
1: stressed or you just feel like you need to cultivate a little more self-love, go to uh, subscribe to her podcast. And then if you really want to get into it, radical acceptance is is a, is one of the classic. I'm sort of like a self-help I've I've read a lot of self-help books and Radical Acceptance is one of the best. So that's
0: great. And if you want to listen to all that stuff and then completely undo all the work you just did, watch Handmaid's Tale. (laughs) It'll really send you into an emotional frenzy. Do do Handmaid's Tale and then meditate. Oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So, yeah, work yourself up and then give yourself something to calm down from with the meditations. They really, they go hand in hand. We're a real yin and yang over here today. We're a good team, Jamie. We are. I love you. Love you. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to couldn't help but wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CHBWpod and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please
1: follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter.
0: And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. you nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever, Forever. <laughs> Dog.